Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, and I am so stoked today because this marks the fifth anniversary of Born to be Breastfed. Like, I can't really believe I'm still doing this five years later, okay? But I really want to thank all of you for being here. I want to thank you for listening every week. I want to thank you for all those sweet little notes and stuff that you send me because it really helps me to keep on keeping on. And I just, I want to thank you so much because without you, I wouldn't have a show. (laughs) And I'm going to talk to you later today about actually how the show got started and the fact that I kind of almost didn't do the show. So stick around because I will tell you a little bit of the backstory that you might have always been curious about. But I am so thankful that I have the show. It has, it's really, it's had a huge impact on me. I hope it's had a huge impact on you. And as well as thanking all of the people that have helped to produce this, uh, the real person who is behind it is the producer, Robert Cellino. And Robert is everything that a executive producer should ever be, and probably a lot more. Robert is a great guy, and I couldn't have done it without Robert's help. Um, but also, I'd like to thank everybody at Voice America, and I'd like to thank everyone in my office who has been hugely supportive of this podcast. And so thank you, thank you, everybody. That's kisses to all of you. Uh, Thank you so much. Now look at, in the same vein, I want to tell you that there is so much more to come, both for the show and for you and for MarieBiancuso.com. So this would be my really good opportunity to tell you I got some really cool stuff coming on the new burner. Uh, lots up my sleeve. Not going to tell it all to you now, but I'm really, really excited to tell you that I've got some new things coming down the pike. If you want to be in the loop, you need to go to MarieBiancuso.com. Again, that's MarieBiancuso.com. Sign up. Because unless you sign up, you're not going to be in the loop with what it is I'm going to offer to you and to other people. There will be some special offers, so make sure that you sign up. And even if you've signed up for something different in my past life, this is going to be my new life. So you need to sign up there. If you'd like to come along for the ride, we will keep you in the loop. Also, if you have specific suggestions about things that you would like to see done either on my website or on the podcast, please say so. If you'd like to suggest a guest, please say so. If you'd like to suggest a topic or a problem that you're having, that is absolutely one of the best places to do it. So this was kind of a long-winded thank you, thank you, thank you, but also kind of a come along, come along, come along, come with me because I got some really good ideas taking a little bit different of a turn, but I'm not going away. As a matter of fact, I'm probably actually going to be doing more. Um, so let me know. 
Now, also just want to tell you that if, and this is kind of different, but a little bit the same, uh, we have some great stuff for you if you've ever thought about getting your IBCLC credential. Now, we're offering our 90-hour 90 90 courses that are available worldwide, and that is we have got people who have done their 90 hours of prep for the IBLCE on six different continents, and you can be one of those people. Uh, certainly, you could go to mariebiancuso.com and tell us what you want. We'd probably figure you out. But actually, uh, the course itself is for sale at breastfeedingoutlook.com. That is breastfeedingoutlook.com. It'll probably be on the front page, but if not, if you noodle around there, I think you can find it. So if you're in the U.S., you want to earn your 90 hours of lactation-specific education, uh, there you go. If you're anywhere on the globe, you can work with me either live or online. I would really love to get to know you in that way as well as through the podcast. So speaking of that particular course, I cannot tell you how many people, when they've come to the course... If it's a live course, they catch me in the hall and they say, so Marie, how'd you get into this breastfeeding business in the first place? And I thought it would be really good as I do this anniversary to sh show to tell all of you how I got in the whole breastfeeding promotion thing in the first place. It's a pretty unusual story. And I promise I'm going to tell you that in a minute, but. I recently asked, had somebody ask me why I got interested in learning about breastfeeding, teaching breastfeeding, promotion, promoting breastfeeding and all that. And I think I need to address that first. And I will tell you, before I tell you the how, how I got into it, I'm going to tell you the why. And there were three reasons, really. First, I saw the need. Honestly, when I first started out, I really didn't know anything about breastfeeding. I wasn't married, didn't have children, had never breastfed, and honestly, none of that stuff was on my radar at all. I sure haven't learned anything about breastfeeding in my training as a nurse, I can tell you that. And I mean nothing, 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 nothing. On the flip side, though, I realized that none of the other nurses that I was working with knew anything about breastfeeding either. So although they might have been older or maybe more experienced than I was, or actually, you know, some of them really did have their own children, few of them had even breastfed. And then I worked with one who had breastfed and she told me every day how much she hated it. So I figured, hey, I might not know anything about this, but then nobody else does either. So at the same time, I had all of these new mothers, maybe people just like you, asking questions about breastfeeding and wanting help. And so I saw the need. That's all. And I did not let my ignorance stop me from at least trying to help these moms. And since I knew nobody else that knew anything more about breastfeeding, I just assumed that <laughs> that I could become the self-appointed expert. So I did. I appointed myself as the expert at my location. 
But to be told, other than knowing that the right breast was on the right side and the left breast was on the left side, you know, I, I, I really, I did not know anything about breasts or breastfeeding. So all I had there was just, I saw the need and tag, I'm it. The second thing, though, was I had a lot of common sense. I was troubled that new mothers in the hospital were told stuff that I just thought just sounded incredibly stupid to me. Now, we're going back a ways here, folks. We're going back several decades, but these were the things that mothers were routinely told. Got to wash off your nipples with sterile water before you breastfeed the baby. Got to let the baby nurse only two minutes today, three minutes tomorrow, five minutes the next day. Here's another one. Got to wait four hours before the baby can nurse again. Got to be nursed at nine o'clock, five o'clock, nine o'clock, one o'clock, five o'clock, nine o'clock. How stupid is that? And if the baby was hungry before nine, one or five or nine, oh, well, here you go. Got to give him a pacifier. He's just being fussy. Don't have enough milk? Got to drink more water. Oh, that is like, that is one of my favorite myths. That's so stupid. And got to give the baby sugar water, at least 15 milliliters, that is about a half an ounce, after each breastfeeding. Now, I'm telling you, this was what people got told all the time. And I would like to believe that those things have all gone away. But as you know, I have taught in 40 out of the U.S. 50 states, and those are just my live programs and I have had people tell me that they're still doing more. I have still had people who are telling me they're doing one or more of these things in their hospital. So in some senses, it's like, yeah, Marie, your ancient history. In another breath, I'm going to tell you, mm, yeah, some of those things are still floating around. But anyway, none of this made any sense to me. I just thought it was really kind of stupid. And by the way, the list went on and on. And truly, I didn't know a doggone thing about breastfeeding, but those directions just sounded dumb to me. I can't explain it really, but there are just some things that don't make any sense, and that's what these seemed like. So it was my common sense and a deep commitment to giving people the truth. That is, to just get rid of the dumb stuff, get rid of the myths, that we were telling mothers. Does this sound familiar? How many of you have heard me open this podcast by saying um, we're going to break the myths and clarify the facts? Yeah, there's still a lot of myths floating around there, but that's what really got me started. And so so why did I get into this? Number one was I saw the need. Number two, my common sense was telling me that there was something that wasn't jiving. And the third was um, really just having a servant's heart. Or at least I'd like to think that I have a servant's heart. You know, when I went back, when I went to nursing school, which was back in the 70s, we talked about three things that a nurse could do. She could do nursing education, nursing research, or nursing service. We don't use those words anymore. Nowadays, you go to nursing school and they talk about nursing practice. How do I know that? Well, because I've taught nursing too. 
But, you know, honestly, I just really never, that, that word practice just never really could cut it for me. I didn't become a nurse to practice my craft on other people. And at some gut level, I just wanted to serve people. And I'd like to think that that hasn't really changed. I've served people in a number of, a number of different ways since then. Uh, different ways, yes, absolutely, for sure. But in my mind, it's about service. So that's kind of how I got to the breastfeeding thing was what can I do to help these people? So maybe you can take a step back for a minute and ask yourself, how could you help to support and promote breastfeeding? You don't have to be a genius. Maybe you're a struggler. If so, well, that's what I was. But like me, you can be just one step ahead of the other person in the struggle. You have to be curious. You have to believe that breastfeeding is normal. I don't know how many times a day I say this even now. You have to believe that it might not be the social norm in your locale, but it is most certainly the biological norm. You have to believe that when Carolus Linnaeus thought that breasts were so important that he named the entire genus mammals. That's for their mammary glands, their breasts. You have to believe that breasts are for breastfeeding and that the, the whole breastfeeding thing is rigged. If you've ever come to my course, you know how many times I say it's rigged. It's rigged for survival of the species. You don't need to know everything about breastfeeding to help somebody else. In fact, you really don't need to know much of anything. If you watch the baby and use some common sense, you will be astonished at how much that baby will teach you. So what do you need in order to help mothers to breastfeed? You need the ability to recognize the need. Some mothers will ask for it outright. Other times you kind of have to see the struggle and figure out what you need to do to help. You need common sense because honestly, before we all got our fancy college degrees and our expensive credentials, most people just relied on their common sense for parenting or helping babies or helping children. Honestly, I skated along on my common sense for a long time before I learned a bunch more. Mind you now, I'm all for learning, okay? But until you've done some formal, in-depth learning, use your common sense. And by the way, hang in there, because I'm going to talk more about learning later today. And then you've got to have the basic belief that birthing and breastfeeding is normal. So how exactly then? So that's the why. That's the why. But it does bring you to what you're kind of wondering, which is how, how did I get into the breastfeeding business? Because trust me, that was never on my agenda. I don't know if I'll get a chance to finish this before we go to break, but it all started out one hot August night when the air conditioning at the hospital failed, or at least it malfunctioned to some degree, I don't know. But I was taking care of a woman who was within minutes of delivering her baby and it was just oppressively hot in that room. The doctor was sweating. I was sweating. And we were scarcely moving. And meanwhile, here's this poor woman who's doing the hardest work of her life, trying to push out this baby in this ghastly hot room. 
In a flash, she threw off her hospital nightgown. Well, luckily, within a few more pushes, the baby was born. But there she was, completely nude, and with the sweat still pouring off her brow. And instinctively, she reached for the baby, and the doctor handed her the baby. And, you know, honestly, pretty much by then, we all just wanted to just get out of there because it was so hot. But, of course, we couldn't. And, oh, by the way, the baby had a completely different idea. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what the baby's idea was and what we did and what I learned. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. 
You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto, back to uh, the anniversary show of Born to be Breastfed. And before I go on to tell you the rest of my story, I want to make sure that you head on over to MarieBiancuso.com. That's MarieBiancuso.com. Make sure that you give me um, your name and your contact information so I can get to you with all of the really cool stuff that I have coming up. And uh, not just radio either, not just podcast, not just blog, like other stuff as well. And um, also, if you have requests for a certain guest or a certain topic or a certain problem you're trying to solve, drop me a note. That's the place to do it. So anyway, here we are in this beastly hot room. Everybody's sweating. The doctor, me, the the patient. And of course, the baby just kind of hops on out. But... He's not, he's not hot and he's not worried about it at all. He wants to stay there because what's he doing? He's rooting and rooting and rooting. And I saw that rooting. And I noticed her nipples dark and erect. And I really didn't know anything about breastfeeding, but I found myself thinking, well, here's the baby rooting. Here's the nipples. So what would happen if I just kind of helped them to hitch up? Wouldn't that kind of make some sense here? So I kind of just, I don't know, kind of scooched the baby over an inch or two. And I suggested to the mother that she scooch him a little bit more. And then in a flash, before I knew it, he was sucking vigorously. And I mean vigorously, okay? I just couldn't believe the little fella could just hop right on and and go gangbusters because I had never seen a baby do that. So that was my first experience with what we would now call skin-to-skin contact. Because remember, the mother is lying there totally nude. We didn't have any science for skin-to-skin contact in those days, and we certainly didn't call it that, and we certainly didn't suggest that people do it in the first hour of life. And by the way, I would say that little guy breastfed within the first five minutes or so. And I was astonished. It was just I'd never seen anything like that. I was really impressed. Of course, the mother was pretty impressed, too. She was like, oh, wow, you know, I heard that breastfeeding is hard. This isn't hard at all. I'm right. Mm." So then what do I do? I go on to my next task, good labor and delivery nurse that I am, uh, which was to palpate and massage her uterus. And I immediately noticed how firm that uterus was. And I knew that breastfeeding must have had some effect on that. Now, I didn't know my science. I didn't know my oxytocin. I didn't know all that. But I just knew that there had to be some connection. So I began seeing how all of this stuff made sense, as opposed to all the crap that we were telling mothers, which never made sense to me. Birth the baby, breastfeed the baby, it just made a lot of sense. I was curious, but ignorant. I was curious, but I hadn't really developed the passion. I was curious, and I was fully committed to taking the next steps to somehow make a difference for mothers who wanted to breastfeed their babies. Now, fast forward a few years, and then in 1984, C. Everett Koop, who was at the time the Surgeon General, made this statement. 
he said, and I think I'm quoting this verbatim, if not, it's pretty close to verbatim, we must remove the barriers that keep women from initiating or continuing to breastfeed. I wanted to be that person. I wanted to be that person that removed some of those barriers. So if you want to be one of those people that removes those barriers, here's what I hope you've discovered. First of all, you got to recognize the need, and that is critical. You got to have a lot of common sense. You don't always need a lot of information or a lot of facts and figures to substantiate what you know to be true, at least in the beginning common sense. The learning will come later. You need to have a servant's heart. You got to be willing to help somebody else to have a better breastfeeding experience. And you know what? They probably will. Otherwise, that person may have no one and you're someone. So just try to help somebody else with your common sense and your desire to make a difference. So then, so that's how I got into it, what motivated me and all of that. But for me, and maybe for you, the next steps are about having knowledge and having guts. So as you can see, I did not come to breastfeeding and lactation fully grown. I had a lot to learn. And I would say that it was at least the first 10 years or so, I was completely self, self-taught. I spent entire days in the library. Now, in those days, there was no internet. So, yeah, I pretty much had to breathe the dust of the books from the library stacks. I worked all night, 11 to 7 a.m., and then I would go to the library, and I would stay awake and read for as many hours as I possibly could. I was determined to find research that showed that the stupid stuff that we were doing in the hospital was... Pretty much just that, stupid. And early in my career, I began to spout off research citations. I can tell you this, I developed a phenomenal memory in the process. Now, in those days, we didn't call it evidence-based practice. But I knew that if I wanted to have any credibility, I'd better be able to back up my crazy ideas with something substantial. Because otherwise, I knew what would happen. Somebody would say, Oh, it's just Marie with one of her kooky ideas again. Oh, jeez. So passion for your message is good. You absolutely do need to have passion, but you need to have a solid knowledge base and a lot of guts. Getting the knowledge is tough. I, I, I agree. But having the guts is even harder the deeper that you get into it. Getting knowledge, learning the truth... Yeah, that, uh, that kind of turned out to be a lifelong endeavor. And at the time, I just had two strategies. Read and stay close to the nursing mothers and babies. Well, since I was a staff nurse in a hospital, that wasn't too tough to do. The mothers and babies were there. But having the guts, yeah, that was a little harder. Um... I honestly don't know how I found the guts to do what I did or say what I said. Or I guess it's just that I felt that I owed mothers the truth. 
it actually, that's what I still owe to mothers. So I told mothers that they could skip doing things like washing off their breasts with sterile water. I taught them the importance of feeding their baby when he showed hunger cues. And I talked to him about just all those common sense things that I was sure, even if I didn't have the research to support it right that moment, believe me, sooner or later, I found the research to support what I was doing. But somewhere along the lines, yeah, having guts got me into a situation where my job was threatened. Yeah, I nearly got fired from my job a couple of times. So if <laughs> this is by way of saying, um, do not try all this stuff unless you are fully prepared for the backlash. I won't go into all the gory details, but truth is, yeah, um, the co-workers, the bosses, the doctors, they all called me troublemakers. Now, I did have a few people in my corner. I had one hippie doctor who believed in me. Luckily, I had my, my, supervi my immediate supervisor who believed in me. And I had every mother, every mother on my assignment sheet, I had them. But for all the criticism and all the negativity at the hospital, uh, eventually it just kind of piled up on me. And I was, it was just really, it was just really tough to take. One day in particular, I just felt really just just done in from it all. It had been a long day and my feet throbbed like two toothaches. I kicked off my duty shoes, peeled away my support hose and flopped onto the bed. And I just kind of pondered all the things that I had experienced during my shift. I knew a little rest would cure my feet, but I had no idea what would cure the resistance to change that I had experienced within the system. It seemed to me that the system kind of just slogged along on autopilot. And I loathed hearing those seven words time and time again. That's the way we've always done it. I just couldn't understand why people gave lip service to research but they didn't incorporate results into clinical practice. Questioning existing protocols, demanding scientific rationale, suggesting better alternatives. Yeah, that was always what was coming out of my mouth. And let me tell you, it did not win me the Miss Congeniality Award. That day in particular, I felt betrayed, bewildered, powerless, I guess. So I decided to take a drive to see a former professor. It was a lovely fall day and we sat on the steps of her front porch. I uh, fought back the stinging tears as the words tumbled out. They think I'm a troublemaker. I can still see her. She flashed that bright smile of hers and she calmly responded, 
change agent, Marie. And again, more slowly and more deliberately, change agent. Wow. (laughs) In a matter of seconds, I felt like I'd been promoted from being a troublemaker to being a change agent. I savored her words, let me tell you. Not only did they change my perspective, I think they probably changed my career. I knew that there would be plenty of roadblocks, but I saw a path ahead of me and I knew that I couldn't affect any change if I became silent. So yeah, it was all pretty lumpy at the hospital for a long time. The hospital insisting on doing it, whatever it was, the way we've always done it. And me always bucking the system. By the way, you haven't even begun to hear about all the things I did to buck the way we did it in in labor. I just gave you the breastfeeding piece. On day after day, night after night, week after week, year after year, oh, eventually, though, there was a, a next phase in my life. And what did I learn? Or, just as importantly, what have you just learned? Well, I hope you've learned, as I did, that knowledge is fairly easy to come by. Find the real science. Read it. Understand it. Don't get suckered into the fads and the junk science, all right? Go to the library. Get the peer-reviewed articles. And... Get the knowledge. But along with that, you've got to get guts. And sometimes when you have guts, you get swatted down in the process. It's not easy. And then, I don't know, there were just, like the next whole thing was getting a bigger platform. Because... There were a lot of years that were just a blur, but eventually I knew that I was going to get a better platform. I was, but, but not before I got swatted down a few more times, I was transferred off from my unit because I was a troublemaker. And I admit I did not like the reassignments. And yes, I said reassignments, plural, Because I just went from making trouble on one hospital unit to making trouble on another hospital unit. And they threatened, but they never fired me. They just moved me around. And I didn't like it at the time, but you know, (laughs) as I've grown older, I see how a broad clinical background has helped me to be a better nurse. And I've seen how it's helped me to be a better teacher a better podcast host, shucks, probably a better human being. So somewhere in all that craziness, I realized I needed a more formal education. I I seriously considered being a midwife. I love my role as a labor and delivery nurse more than any role I've ever had, and I miss it every day. And in case you're wondering, yes, I loved my role as a labor uh, delivery nurse probably even more than my role as a lactation nurse. Um, So I struggled because 
whole midwifery thing really had appealed to me. But somewhere deep down inside, I knew that labor and birth wasn't my life's mission. I knew I'd be spending the rest of my career fixing at least some of the terrible advice we gave about breastfeeding. So I decided to get an advanced degree as a clinical nurse specialist. And of course, labor and delivery became my specialty. So let me tell you on the other side of the break, what happened? Because again, it didn't shake out exactly as I thought it would, but it helped me to get to where I am today. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. 
To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. It's Marie Biancuso with the anniversary edition or the anniversary episode, I suppose I should say, of Born to be Breastfed. Hoping that you've come along for this particular ride where I've shown you a little bit of what my past has been like and how I absolutely did not come to uh, breastfeeding fully grown, but how I really came just helping people, which is what you can do right now and what I kind of hope I'm doing right now. And to maybe inspire you to do a little more, do a little better, to help you to go to MarieBiancuso.com, sign up if you'd like to stay in the loop for the special things that I'm going to be rolling out for you and others like you a little later. And uh, so you can stay in that loop. You can also give me ideas about guests you'd like or topics or problems that you'd like to hear about. And by the way, if you are ready to get your IBCLC, remember, I am already on six continents. Hope I can be on the seventh one as well. If you are ready to do that, that is breastfeedingoutlook.com or drop us a note at info at breastfeedingoutlook.com. So you kind of got the piece about the craziness and how I realized I needed some formal education, but I really had these mixed feelings because I really... I really kind of wanted to do my whole labor and delivery thing, and yet I really knew that I just knew that was not my life's mission, no matter how much I loved it. So I got an advanced clinical degree. Uh, I did. I, I got a degree as a clinical nurse specialist, and of course, ta-da, lactation became my specialty. Okay, so that seems to make sense, but oddly enough, my first job... <laughs> after getting my advanced clinical degree, was not in clinical practice at all, as a matter of fact. Um, It's kind of crazy, I know, but that's how it turned out. I accepted a high-level administrative nursing job at a hospital where I had not worked before. I was new, and in that role, I had administrative responsibilities for nine different OBGYN units, and more than 4,200 births a year. Uh, truth be told, I did not love the job, okay? <laughs> I did love the paycheck. If you want to earn some money as a nurse, administration is the way to go. Um, but I actually got something way better than the paycheck. I never could have anticipated it, but honestly, that job set me up for a much better job. Okay, so technically it was a demotion, but it was clinical instead of administrative, and I it was certainly a better job for me, so I still counted it as a better job. And I would not have gotten that, by the way, if I hadn't been first in my administrative role. So here I am, a card-carrying clinical nurse specialist, and I became the breastfeeding coordinator for the hospital. Mind you, now we've got these 4,200 deliveries a year. And kind of a Along the same time, some opportunities started coming my way that I never could have imagined, never could have imagined, ever. Uh, I got to work very closely with internationally recognized author and expert, Dr. Ruth Lawrence, 
And to say that she had an impact on my career, uh, that is a huge understatement. For sure, she enhanced my uh, clinical knowledge and my expertise, but she did a lot more for me. She encouraged me to publish. She encouraged me to establish a liaison with others who promoted breastfeeding in the city. And she kind of set me up to meet some people and have some opportunities that I otherwise never would have had if she hadn't identified and actively helped me to find and to follow up on those opportunities outside of the hospital. And after that, I decided to get my IBCLC credential. Yeah, you're right. You heard me right. I just said, <laughs> first I got the job and then I got the credential. Uh, sometimes, folks, it just works that way. Um, fast forward, I and, and by the way, I love that job. But fast forward, I eventually left the hospital and I relocated to be with my husband. And then a whole bunch of things started happening. Living outside of the greater Washington, D.C. area, sometimes I think I got opportunities just because I was there and I knew what was going on. Uh, for example, uh, I got on some national committees. I was on the National Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies uh, Committee. Uh, I was often in a leadership position, which was my case there. I was the founding member of the United States Breastfeeding Committee and, and actually a bunch more. Um, I presented at a bunch of national and international conferences, and it was all really exciting. Um, I got my own column in Childbirth Instructor, and I found that I loved to write. And then in 1995, I got a contract to write a book with Mosby, which was then the biggest publisher of books in the United States. Um, some years later, Mosby was bought out by Elsevier. But anyway, um, yeah, I did a bunch of things, and it was hugely exciting, all of those things that happened, including, oh, yeah, becoming a radio podcast show host. Stick around. I'm going to tell you more about those details. But in the meanwhile, what did I learn, and what can you learn from having just heard about my experience? Well, first, I think you can learn that you can skate along for a while by watching mothers and babies, using a lot of common sense, reading a lot of articles. Remember, libraries provide free information, and nowadays you can get at least some, certainly not all, but at least some of the peer-reviewed studies from the top journals by reading them on the Internet. Just remember, that's only a fraction of what's available at the library. And you can skate along for a while, without any formal education or any credential or any degree. But eventually, and I think it's probably true more today than when I was young, yeah, I gotta get the formal credentials. So I know I've said this before, but now would be a good time for you to, uh, to remind you that I offer a 90-hour course that meets the IBLCE's requirements to get your IBCLC credential. I offer it live in several U.S. cities, and I offer an online version all over the globe. We've got people who complete the course in many different countries. And by the way, uh, we've had people who have, have uh, signed up for the course on six different continents. All right. So if you want to be one of them, you go to breastfeedingoutlook.com. And if you need more information, you let us know at info at breastfeedingoutlook.com.
So what you want to know is where where the where does born to be breastfed fit into all of this? Because Marie is having her fifth anniversary of doing born to be breastfed. Now look at I'm sure that you have seen and heard those change my life stories, and you have mentally filed them under F for fiction. Okay, I get that, but this one is true. July twenty third. Uh, 2013 was the day that I got a call from Robert Cellino at Voice America. And that day changed my life. You know, ordinarily, I wouldn't have even taken the call. Sheesh, you know, I'm the founder and the head of an active business, and I rely on my office staff to screen my calls and to turn away callers who say they must talk to me. Uh, a lot of them, quite honestly, are just telemarketers and pests. And that particular day, my principal pest screener was Linda. And uh, if you've ever called my office, you probably talked to Linda. She's wonderful. And she called me and she said, there's this Robert Cellino guy from the Voice America, and he wants to talk to you. I figured he was just selling something, but your husband said that a few months ago you'd met a radio producer with an Italian last name, so I thought maybe this guy was legit. Um, I was intrigued, but I was sure that the producer that I had met a few months ago did not have the last name of Cellino, but nevertheless, I decided to talk to Robert. (laughs) Okay, so what did I find out? Robert was engaging, knowledgeable, funny. He was and is easy to talk to on the phone. And I felt pretty sure he wasn't selling me anything. Uh, Frankly, I'd never heard of Voice America, and I didn't know anything about talk radio. I didn't even listen to talk radio. Shoot, I didn't even like talk radio. I remember that early in our marriage, my husband learned to turn down the radio if he was listening to talk radio when I walked in the room because I just couldn't stand it. So here I am, the guy from talk radio calls, and he's not going to instantly get my attention, but I don't know, Robert had a way of drawing me into the conversation about how I could get my message out to the world. And I became more and more intrigued by the idea. So I guess we'd probably talked for the better part of an hour, and he asked, just one more question, and this one is important. How are you different from all the other people who do what you do? Well, I about fell over because I suddenly realized (laughs) Robert was indeed selling something. He was selling me on the idea of becoming a radio show host. He was essentially interviewing me to be a host. So it was kind of wild. Uh, if he had told me earlier in his agenda, what his, early in the conversation about what his agenda was, I'm sure I would have hung up. But this question, how are you different, really grabbed my interest and fueled my curiosity and it kind of got me to hit the pause button. And 
I'm always eager to tell people how I most definitely am not just about uh, breastfeeding. I've got a long and varied background in maternal child health, and I felt pretty confident that I could bring real breadth of academic knowledge as well as clinical expertise, and I, I guess I must have responded with something articulate convincing him to uh, help me take the next step. And so we did. And next thing I knew, it was several days later and Robert called me and told me that I had five weeks to put a show together. Almost croaked. I had no idea. I, I mean, I can't do anything in five weeks. But I did. So there a lot of people have asked me, is it worth the time, the money, and the effort to make that show happen every week? Well, I guess I've asked myself that. Each show takes me between three and 12 hours of preparation. Gotta find a guest, agree on the date to do the show, make sure that their time coincides with my time, gotta get the description, gotta get the write-up, blah, 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 blah. And then we gotta upload all of that um, so that Robert and his people can do the next step with it and put it on the, with the website. And so I have really had to struggle with that. But I've also realized that it's a whole lot bigger than that. I have got, I, I, there, I cannot begin to quantify the gains. And notice I just said gains, plural. It's the thrill and the realization that when you sit in your mother's family room with 12 inches of snow outside, your sound engineer is in furnace hot Phoenix and your guest is in rainy London. And the truth is that you can be with anyone anywhere in the world. I've been with guests in Australia, New Zealand, you name it. Where are you sitting? I'm with you right now. And then there's the reward of having a mother who is a Texas NICU nurse walk up to me and say, I feel like you're my best friend. I listen to you every Monday. How do you quantify that? There's a certain reward of having your skating buddy from grade school find out about your podcast and say, you have your own what? you got to be kidding me. Okay, well, how cool is that? You may think that all of that stuff just feeds my ego, but it's really bigger than that. It is much bigger than that. It's about having this opportunity that has led to opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I've read articles and books I wouldn't have otherwise read. I've met people I wouldn't have otherwise met. And perhaps just as importantly, I've reconnected with friends, colleagues, former bosses, and others that I haven't seen or talked with in years. I've taken trips I wouldn't have otherwise taken, gazed at scenery I wouldn't have otherwise seen. I've eaten foods I wouldn't have otherwise tasted. Hey, I've hired people I wouldn't have otherwise hired and created 
products and resources that I wouldn't have otherwise considered. Which is why I want to consider more, and I'm asking your for your input on MarieBianCuso.com. I've been a guest on other people's radio shows that I never would have done that if I hadn't been doing what I'm doing. And so I guess for me, the bottom line is this. And yes, I've listened to talk radio shows I wouldn't have turned on, and I've enjoyed them. I've done radio shows or podcasts that I wouldn't have otherwise done. I'm doing this one. So most importantly, this opportunity has caused me to develop habits and insights and to find gifts that I never would have otherwise had. I've hoped for things that I wouldn't have otherwise hoped for. And these experiences have changed my life forever. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you for being there. And please join me on the next episode of Born to be Breastfed. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Oh, 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 o